All right. Recording. Recording. All righty. One of the biggest issues we're facing is big tech's hold over our daily lives. The internet is increasing. Oh, wait, hang on, hang on. Yeah. Nope, I'm good. Cool. Having a conversation. Everything's recording. Yeah. Good. One of the biggest issues we're facing is big tech's hold over our daily lives. The internet is increasingly becoming more and more centralized to the Amazons, Facebooks, and Googles. We're enjoying the conveniences of these free services they offer, but at what cost? Censorship? Platform risk? We're already seeing the effects where businesses like TikTok are being shut down by governments. Comments and opinions censored by Facebook and Twitter. And for my crypto friends watching, I'm a huge believer of Ethereum, but with 60% of nodes running on AWS and Google Cloud, it's a bit disturbing that decentralized powers can have such dramatic effects in every part of our lives, even the decentralized ones. In 2009, cypherpunks responded to the corruption of financial institutions by creating an incorruptible store of value, Bitcoin. In 2020, a new breed of cypherpunks have responded to big tech's monopoly and have created the internet computer. My name is Andrew Phillips, and my partner and I, Evan McFarlane, created this channel to help the world decipher Definity. Thank you, Andrew. That was an excellent opening uh, statement and a good idea of what this podcast is going to be about. Uh, a little bit about how I got here. So I have a mostly mechanical engineering background, at least on paper, but I, I realized rather quickly in my training that the world wasn't going in that direction, so I moved all my efforts towards distributed systems and internet technologies, and it brings me here. So what my passion is and what I'm writing a book about that's almost out, and it's been an 18-month uh, piece of work, mm -hmm. has been the difference between big tech and distributed systems and, and where that collision is sort of going to happen. And it, I didn't understand why blockchain is such a big deal, and all these startups were talking about it, but Google and Facebook didn't care about it. Uh, and I quickly realized that most of the Web3 narrative that people hear about has to do with coins that don't have a clear vision in the future. Uh, so they, they build systems that are meet the Web3 narrative, but they're nowhere close to taking over big tech. And, you know, after going thou through thousands of these, you know, white papers and, and talking to team members and, and just years of all this research, I realized that Definity was the only l legitimate approach that I've seen to uh, a real opportunity to take on big tech and create the decentralized internet. So this podcast is, is here so people can understand it because it's not, it's not just going to be 100 cryptographers that built this. It's going to be thousands of community members, millions of users, and uh, you know, thousands of developers as well. So that's why we're here. And, and Andrew, why don't you open up with a little bit about how you got into Definity or um, what your background is? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so um, I used to work at the Bitcoin Center back um, several years ago. Um, I had heard about Definity. I actually reached out to the team. Um, I met a gentleman named Arthur Falls, Michael Hunt, um, and they actually invited me out to the office in California. And there was actually able to meet Artia, the COO, as well as uh, Dominic Williams. Um, they're just uh, they're just a really they're just a really great team. You know, obviously they're going after this tremendous mission of having to you know they're you know reinventing uh, you know cloud as we know it. Uh, they're going after a three four trillion dollar uh, you know the legacy IT stack. Um, so it's by no means an easy mission. But I like the fact that you know they have this highly technical way about themselves as well, you know, where they have all the best engineers working there. But at the same time, they also, you know, they simplify it for, you know, kind of everybody's got to understand. So they want the world, they understand that the world has to be a part of this vision. 
Um, and that's yeah. what I really like about Definity. And I, I think there's a, a good distinction there. So you mentioned the difference between the technical people and you know why it's great that they have a huge technology focus, mm -hmm. especially if you go on their website and you look at their team. Um, yeah. You know, it's a, over 100 cryptographers yeah. and computer John, science John geniuses. Uh, award-winning scientists. You got Jens Groth, one of the biggest guys behind Zero Knowledge Proofs. Uh, yeah, yeah former big tech, team. former, yeah, Dominic, former IBM. Yeah. IBM, exactly. Um, and then uh, what's so special about that, and I think what's missing, missing in a lot of the, uh, the rest of the crypto world, is that you have teams that either focus a tremendous amount on theory or a tremendous amount on engineering. Mm -hmm. and, and both are technical sides, um, but very few have enough resources to balance both. So a lot of times you'll have you know, academics that have this theoretical computer science proposal, and uh, they, may, they might be brilliant, you know, been in academia mm -hmm. their whole life, but they don't have enough engineers to enact something that is practical. Very true. And, and Definity is, I mean, they're based on the actor model, which is a really old computer science theoretical idea. And it's a fantastic one, but it's never been practical because, you know, there haven't been enough engineers to build the crypto cryptography infrastructure pretty much to build it. Can you go so into they, the actor model a little bit for our audience? Um, I think it's, you know, that's going to be a dedicated video. It's, it's a complex one, but it's a model for concurrent computation that's mostly theoretical. And actors are pretty much everything, and they could send messages and they could receive messages. But one of the biggest problems that, you know, there's a, there's a few problems, but... There's no way to update it because we haven't gotten the data structure down. And if everyone's using things at all times, this, mm -hmm. this scalable concurrent computation, there's no way to put software updates out. Yeah. So, I mean, Definity has a, a great way of doing that, combining code and state. And mm -hmm. as far as I can tell, they're the first ones that are creating something real that, that's huge, that brings the theoretical actor model out into the world uh, you know, of what I think might be the future decentralized internet. Yeah, actually speaking of that, um, I remember uh, a friend of mine, his name is Jordan. Um, he's another Definity community member, really, really bright fellow. Uh, he's a full stack developer. Uh, he was talking about in one of his podcasts about this concept of the holy grail of computing. So he breaks it up into three areas. He talks about you know connectivity, which is brought to us by obviously TCP IP, the internet protocol, transmission control protocol. Then we have computation, the second step. So we have connectivity, computation is brought to us you know, with the use of smart contracts, uh, you know, the ability to compute, and it's actually being furthered with Definity canisters. And the last, and we, so we have you know, two parts already complete, but this third part is this idea of storage. And going along with you talking about the, you know, the code and state, do you wanna go into that a little bit further? Yeah, sure. So I, I really liked, yeah, con connectivity is the first one. And we have mm -hmm. TCP IP, and, and that's great. That's, that's gonna be around and probably always will, and, and we could trust that. But, the evidence in the fact that TCP IP is used for everything is that the internet is designed for connectivity. Mm -hmm. um, it's not designed to hold exorbitant amounts of data like we do now. So uh, in the, how it works is, it, you know, it works in a Pareto distribution where pretty much storage is dominated by the select few that have the security infrastructure to keep it all in one place. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we could look at that. It's the cloud giants. It's, uh, you know, Facebook has an enormous database. Then you have, you know, Google and Amazon and, and Microsoft and they dominate the cloud. So that's, um, mixing computing together with data storage. The problem is that you have enormous inefficiencies with that. I mean, first of all, so you, every time you, you want to execute a piece of code that refers to data, mm -hmm. it has to sort through, you know, you know if you can imagine uh, thousands of three-dimensional spreadsheets all compiled together. So that's a problem. And the other big problem is that the second that we decided to centralize these uh, data structures pretty much is at the time that we gave all the power to those who were holding that data. 
And if you, you look from here on out, I mean, they, yes, they hold the data and that they don't abuse it, but they have all the developer tools that you're going to build to use that data. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is, if you kind of follow that structure up, that's why we have a centralized internet in the way that we do today. And there's plenty of abuses that go along with that. Of course. Uh, that we get, we'll get into. But yeah, I mean, that that's what's so special about the code and state mm-hmm. idea because we'll have individ, individual videos about what their data structure looks yeah. like because it's not a simple one. But if you can imagine all the all the data is associated with the code that you're executing. Mm-hmm. So if, you, um, if we were going to run with a TikTok example, if you posted a video on TikTok that was, you know, 10 seconds of you, of you dancing, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't want to see that of you, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, 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 not going to happen. You know. <laughs> um, but the software is executing at the same time that your video is embedded in the code itself. You know, it's revolutionary. I don't think, I don't know anyone that's ever been able to do it before. I mean, we've seen similar data structures, but mm-hmm. not implemented in an infrastructure like the internet computers. Of course. So yeah. it's rev- that's really exciting. That is... Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the also reasons why we're so you know we see what they're going after. It's uh, it's an unbelievable thing. And even even to go back a little further, you were talking about the abuses of you know big tech, um, and you know one of the biggest issues I'm seeing is you know it's, even for entrepreneurs you know like ourselves or you know there are entrepreneurs out there looking to build applications. This concept of platform risk, where um, you know you could be dedicating your life towards developing something and one of these centralized authorities has the ability to shut you down if they decide that you get too big or if governments, you know, determine, I, m- I remember there was a story in, I think, I believe it was, I believe it was in Iran uh, where Amazon's uh, web service, Amazon was forced to stop service in Iran. So all the developers there were, that were, you know, requiring and using a Amazon data center, they were no longer allowed to provide it. So that all their businesses were effectively shut down. So I'm thinking about all those entrepreneurs there, they, you know, gone overnight their businesses i'm like that's such a disaster and something like a you know an internet computer you know independent you know data centers powering this cloud is uh extremely powerful yeah and yeah. and i'm that's one great way to appeal to developers and entrepreneurs because mm-hmm. because you want to build something um that's tamper proof and that you never have to worry about the proprietor um but in a more meta way what, what i worry more about big tech and you don't hear as much from the Definity foundation mm-hmm. is the amount of manipulation that goes into users so I think two of the biggest abuses today are, I mean, Google and Facebook. And you, a lot of people point out censorship, and that is a problem. But what's an even bigger problem is we have algorithms that are manipulating humans. And it, as a purely, mm-hmm. you know, apolitical thing, it doesn't matter what side you're on. But whatever side you are on, the Google and Facebook algorithms are going to push you to a radical side. And to a user, they don't really care if something gets banned in Israel. But... The problem is they don't have something that's less addictive and less biased than Facebook. And they mm-hmm. never will unless we find a way to, you know, pretty much have a paradigm shift where people will be interested in moving away from Facebook. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you, you have these these companies that have been guilty of antitrust violations, and we still never see the algorithms that were abusive. Mm-hmm. So Countless you, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great point. Really great point. Yeah. So, I, th- I mean, for me, it's about bringing transparency into the Internet infrastructure. And it's certainly not an easy thing to do, but that's big. Yeah, absolutely, totally. Uh, actually, and you know, if we can we're, we'll move slightly from this point, but you know, keep it well within. Uh, actually, Dominic had tweeted from his account, and it was actually a quote from Nvidia CEO uh, Jensen Huang, and uh, he said, "Today, the internet connects billions of people to giant cloud data centers. In the future, trillions of devices will be connected to millions of data centers." I found this, I found this pretty interesting. First of all, the CEO of Nvidia is 
tweeting this out. And this sounds eerily similar to, you know, what, you know, Definity and the Internet Computer's mission is. And, uh, and actually it is, it is the exact mission. Internet Computer is going to be the one that's going to be connecting these pieces of the puzzle together and unifying this capacity. And, um, yeah, so what is your thoughts on that? I remember, I remember we had a discussion not too long ago about data centers in general and how they were kind of laughed at for a long period of time compared to, they, like, they didn't think that the, it could actually work. Yeah. yeah, and kind well, of, I, yeah, I think you hit. Uh, I think you hit two two very big different things, and it's the data center thing is one of them. So, independent data centers. I mean, people kind of look at them today as they did, you know, mainframes when IBM was building them and thought the internet would be built with mainframes, and mm -hmm. it's not. And, and I mean, it's the same technology. You're just using servers that host data. But as I said before, all these data hosts, it, it works in a, in a Pareto distribution, which means every uh, all the biggest guys are going to take all of the market share. And that's what happened then. It's not efficient to run servers in, in your own home. And the reason for that is because it's centralized, there's a point to attack. And if you can mm -hmm. think about if a blockchain is the data structure, and it's kind of like funky whether or not that's true because Definity's data structure has the principles of blockchain but isn't exactly a blockchain, mm -hmm. um, you don't need all that security infrastructure. So if me and you wanted to host a server mm -hmm. and contribute to Google Cloud, it would never work because we would need to build our own firewalls yeah. and do all these oh things. Like, God, so we would need things, to make yeah. sure uh, you know electricity works twenty four seven. Yeah. All these all these crazy yeah. things. But in a decentralized so much system, IT expenses and everything. Yeah. In Crap. a decentralized system, it doesn't uh, translate to being a big issue because you are not going to be able to change the data in that server because it's distributed across many servers. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing you were talking about is is about the sensors, uh, like I Internet of Things, pretty much. Mm -hmm. IoT. Yeah. And you know that. That's something I think is very closely related to Web3 that people don't talk about as often as they should. And the reason I think, Web, like we touched on it earlier, is that there's abuses in the centralized internet that we have now, and a lot of them go on behind the scenes. Like only technical people are aware of how the Facebook and Google algorithms are manipulating you. And the issue is when we move towards Internet of Things, which is going to happen, whether or not the internet is centralized, um, Every intimate aspect of our life is going to to be, you know, embedded in bits in some device. So that you know, these are cameras, these are sensors. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Alexa might serve as your personal psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, you're going to want some transparency in what happens to that data. Mm -hmm. So you know that that's another reason why Definity is so important, at wow. least in my yeah. estimation. So this is yeah, this is even for five, ten years out thinking. We actually don't even really know what the capabilities of Right of unifying everything, like what, like you know, obviously, like even if we want to talk about Bitcoin, I remember it was always supposed to be a form of payments, and how it slowly evolved into this, you know, store of value amongst you know people with lots of money trying to store their money. You know, corporations are now kind of using it as their new reserve asset, and it's really interesting to see where the internet computer kind of moves towards. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're making it extremely easy for developers to use. Um, yeah, and it's it's really amazing. It's it's big. Uh yeah, I think a lot of the problems with Web3 startups is you, you look at something like Blockstack, and like you said before, we don't know um, what could come out of it. Yeah. And that's actually the, the narrative that people stick to. They're like, well, once you have uh, Web3 infrastructure, you could build these brand new dApps that no one's ever seen before. Mm. But it's been years now, and if there's you go on Blockstack, yeah. <laughs> they're just copycats, right? Yeah, they're, yeah. they're just, uh, you're, you know, yeah, you're just throwing a sign you're, in, you have a copycat, it's, Blockstack. Yeah, it's yeah. Google Docs except decentralized, yeah. and you know, you're copying these things. And I, the lesson there, and the problem with us saying that we're just waiting for a new, ver like new version to be built on top of it, 
is that we haven't seen the paradigm shift in computing yet. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the paradigm shift that we see in Definity is, of course, the fact that it scales infinitely and it's more secure than any other Web3 project, but even more so the simplicity for the developers. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the simplicity of developers. Actually, that's one of the, you know, I, you know, I, I, you know, I come from the Ethereum community and all that. And I always just, you know, initially I came from the Ethereum community and I always felt that everybody knows Solidity or Ethereum smart contracts. When I start to speak to developers outside of, you know, the Ethereum space, you know, not many people even knew what Solidity was. So I love the fact, you know, we can actually jump into WebAssembly and other things, but I love the fact that, you know, Definity is going towards the everyday developers. Um, and even the fact that their whole entire execution environment is all in WebAssembly. Uh, obviously, they created, you know, a high-level language, this Motoko. But you're able to write in anything, whether it's, well, not anything yet, but eventually most languages will be supported. But you can write in your preferred language, and it will be compiled down to this almost like a universal interpreter. Um, and I find that really cool that Definity's doing that. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. And, yeah. well, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. I, I, you could look at some of the dApps that they built. They built um, CanCan, which mm-hmm. is a... TikTok version, you know, Definity TikTok version. And yes, it's a it's a copycat, yeah. but it's not serious. It's just a demonstration of how simple it could be to code. Mm-hmm. And and the whole backend is in less than a thousand lines of code. That's crazy. How many, how many lines of code? Do you know how many lines of code the actual? Um, what's it called? The the uh, real t- TikTok? TikTok? Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. But there's no way it's that simple. Yeah, like yeah. it's that simplistic. The yeah. the sticking point for that. I mean, maybe you could have a backend that does that. Like if you could really write it in concise code. Uh, the complex part for TikTok has always been having the databases and the servers to yes, meet the combat. Yes. Like, how do you st- store terabytes of data f- mm-hmm. uh, for Don't. all these teenagers dancing for free? Yeah, yeah. And the fact that a developer never even has to look at that on Definity. That's they don't have to look. Crazy powerful, they, yeah. uh, You know, that's the power of combining code and state. Yeah. So the scalability is there. And, you know, that's where you have a paradigm shift because a developer isn't going to have to spend any time on all the complicated stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you nailed it right on that. That's uh, definitely the area. Yeah. Um, one of the things I, I think we want to focus on on this podcast is, well, we want to get users and developers involved at the same time and help people realize why this is convenient for them. And I think we're going to see evidence of that pretty soon in the upcoming launch. Um, but for me, I, I wanted to be a web de- developer when I first started getting involved in computer systems because... You know, it's it, it's awesome. Uh, mechanical engineering was not working for me. Like I, mm-hmm. I just realized it wasn't going anywhere. But I talked to my friend, who's a, a really good. He was a computer science major, and he graduated, knows computers like the back of his hand. And he's like, those people are are slaves. You have to learn thousands of languages, yeah. or not that. You know, yeah, you have yeah. to learn a you know a dozen different languages, and the internet is is so broken because you had different standards evolving over the past mm-hmm. thirty years, and now. Web developers have to mix them all together. It, it's just a miserable uh, environment to work in. And I think if the core truth of Definity is, is accurate, that it is that simple, that me, someone who just has basic programming in Python, which is has nothing to do with the web development side mm-hmm. of things, um, then I'll be able to learn Matoko. And if their resources are there, perhaps I could pe- help people who you know, aren't the ones that Definity are targeting that have been web developers mm-hmm. for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, you can walk walk through my journey. I'm going to be learning Matoko pretty soon. Oh, that'd be great. Once, once my book gets out, for sure. And 
yeah, hopefully we could reduce the barrier to entry for all developers mm -hmm. and, you know, just people who are coming in cold. For sure. Yeah, we'll have a whole entire series dedicated towards, uh, you know, actually your whole journey through the process and helping others. Yeah, well, you That'd know, let's say that, that let's say uh, we want to, we both launched our Hello Canisters yeah. and we have our cycles. Let's say we, in a year from now, I think we could write a DAP. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Yeah, actually, they have, have you seen the documentation? Well, obviously, we've seen the documentation many times, but it's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, how they have everything all itemized out. That's at sdk.definity.org. Um, yeah, so if you wanted to even just kind of get started, they have a real quick step through everything. Uh, and they make it such an easy, seamless, uh, you know, environment to yeah, kind of, it's it, enjoyable. Yeah, it is. Um, they have, I would like to see more resources because Motoko is such a new language. Mm -hmm. And they have uh, courses on GitHub that I went through. Um, but especially for people who are just coming in cold, we need a, a way to learn that. Mm -hmm. Do you have, uh, how about users? What wouldn't in your view how are users going to benefit from the definity infrastructure like users as in um uh, if, oh, you, well, if just, you wanted to move over well cost wise probably right um oh you're talking about in respects to as a, as a user using an application on definity yeah so there's going to be a lot of developers building this uh, uh -huh. i think the whole definity foundation is is pretty targeted towards making things easy for developers so the best ones go there i think they're doing a fantastic job uh, but how about the users? Okay. So, so the, the fee structure currently, uh, the, the fee structure for currently for a lot of these Web3 projects is they expect the user to pay. So right now, we're used to like, you know, typical internet apps and everything like that. We're used to uh, everything being free to us. So we can't have such a dramatic shift where we're going to be starting to pay exorbitant amount of money in order to, to use other people's apps. So Definity, now they're, they just released their token economics. And it looks like that the developers are actually going to add compute units known as cycles that are actually going to power these systems. So for the user inside, everything is still going to be free. Um, the developer would basically pre-charge um, the application that they created with a certain amount of these compute units. So they would have to burn ICP tokens. And on basically on the user endpoint, I won't really see any more difference. Um, so that's going to be that's going to be one of the, the bigger differences. So it, it'll um, in the sense that everything's free, it'll be just like the current internet, except I mean the advert the current internet advertising or model of the current internet is mm -hmm. advertising, and uh, I think that's going to be significantly reduced because you know. So where do you, where do you where do you foresee the the new uh, shift moving to in terms of so there will be no more advertising as it means? Yeah, well, in general, Web three is meant to remove the advertising model. So if you want to look at the abuses of you know, Facebook and Google or and Amazon, they have reason to manipulate you because it's based on advertisements. If we remove that and move towards a tokenomics model, which is what we're pretty much going to do, uh, then it'll be all about tokens, whether that is Definity governance tokens mm -hmm. or Cycles itself or whatever is built on Definity. Yeah. So you, uh, there's been a few dApps launched on it. Like, yeah, like, there have been. Yeah, yeah. There's actually a friend of mine who actually was one of the engineers at, uh, at Definity. His name is Norden. He created, a, he created a decentralized financial app called Sailfish. Um, and it's kind of acting sort of like a MakerDAO kind of system. Um, they didn't go into the full, full specifics of it. It's still obviously, it's a work in progress. But I like that they're actually starting to build financial products on top of it, um, either you know, for lending or for borrowing and other type of transactions. It, um, it seems yeah. like uh, Sailfish is going to be in, in every, uh, DeFi everything because it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a DEX mm -hmm. decentralized exchange as 
as well as you uh, the liquidity providing and yield farming and a wallet. It's, yeah, it looks like they're going to be adding, and it looks like there's interoperability. Um, so in the demo that that I saw, uh, they were actually moving uh, DFN tokens to the Ethereum network or moving Ethereum tokens to the Definity network and how it is uh, to do so. So yeah, I'm really excited about you know what he has uh, what he has coming. I also saw a number of other products being built. Uh, there's actually one main project that is. It looks like it's really closely affiliated with Affinity. It's, uh, I believe it's called Origin, and they're trying to prevent um, a lot of these uh, counterfeit watches and counterfeit jewels and other stuff. So they created some special sort of metric that uniquely identifies an item through thousands of different um, facets that they you know, specifically choose from. So that's an application that's to be built on the internet computer. Um, yeah, so there's a number of things, and actually, I'm really, I'm really excited for the token economics. Uh, what they, you know, what they're fully going to release. Um, the guy who's working on the token economics, his name is Yulin. Uh, they're incorporating both inflationary and deflationary um, ideas to it, which I find it really interesting. It's similar kind of to Ethereum, where they have a proposal to start burning Ethereum uh, every time you send one. This, this new Ethereum investment proposal, but with Definity, there's going to be two uses of the token. Um, the ICP token, which is the native token of Affinity, can either be staked into the network um, and they would be producing more ICPs and that would be the inflationary aspect of it. But now the deflationary aspect is where you're going to actually take ICP, you're going to convert them to cycles and now that's the deflationary aspect. We're actually burning ICP tokens. These cycles are the compute units that a developer needs to put into his or her decentralized application, and that will be the bandwidth essentially for other users to use. All right, so I, yeah. I'm going to ask you to be a sure. speculator. Yeah, tell me. So what what does that all that mean for invest investors? Well, are we going to? Yeah. Well, first of all, we, we can't buy any ICP tokens, any real ones, anyway, until correct until yeah. mainnet. Okay. Until mainnet. Yeah. So mainnet. Uh, yeah. So on a yeah, you know, on a. I like the fact that they're adding in. So they also realize the fact that, you know, there's got to be some sort of a little bit more scarcity to the token. They can't just have constant inflation. I like the fact that they're right off the bat. They're also looking at a means of keeping a kind of a set supply. So things kind of don't get out of hand. Um, are you going to are you going to lock yours up in the governance? Oh, personally, I'll lock mine up. <laughs> yes, yeah, so actually, the governance has. And actually, another great thing that I love is that in order to participate in the governance, uh, you can either lock it up between six months to eight years. So the longer you lock it up, the higher proportional reward. So somebody who has one token who decides to lock it up for eight years may have more voting rights than somebody with 10 tokens who's only locking it up for six months. So I like the fact that they're incorporating this. First off, they're incentivizing people to lock their tokens, uh, which is obviously great for the network. It takes supply out of the equation and also incentivizes more participation in governance, which, you know, obviously you're very familiar with governance. I know you did a video on Definity with the Vili Paradox and whether or not decentralized governance is capable of being achieved. Um, but I love that they they incorporated that aspect. And at the same time, I love the fact that, you know, they're having, you know, they're creating this this deflationary aspect of it with the uh, with the cycles, this yeah. secondary token. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to have to mention governance here. Yeah, talk to governance. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How can we have a conversation about governance? Uh, go I, I think it's one of the most important things that uh, decentralized systems have to be worrying about. And this is how I got in, into Definity. Uh, so I, you know, I was doing YouTube videos at the time, and and we were in an ICO boom, and that's when I came across Affinity, and I I didn't know anyone in the space, but I read a little bit about them. I'm like, all right, you know, it's another one of those internet, you know, brand new blockchain internet internet things, because there were dozens of them popping out. 
you know, on mm-hmm. a monthly basis. Yeah, I and that. what got me into them and why I, I, you know, I made videos about them very early on in, in late 2018 was the blog post that Dominic Williams put out about governance mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And at that point, there wasn't anyone talking about governance. Governance is a huge deal in the digital realm because if you want something to be truly decentralized, um, it can't be off to run on its own. Like we saw the mistakes that happened with Ethereum. In the case, you know, the Ethereum DAO hack, we didn't have mm-hmm. governance in place, so we had to split the network in half to resolve an issue. And at that time, no one was talking about governance at all. And if you follow cryptocurrencies at all these days, you go on any one of their websites and they will have, you know, on-chain governance. It's but only governance tokens, it's actually, only governance. at this point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I knew that there's pretty much, as far as I could tell, there's three functions of tokens. They could be governance, they could provide compute power, or they could be NFTs and represent things. You know, everything else is... Uh, probably a false business model. Anyway, they came out with this brilliant, brilliant plan, and I think it is the most advanced. I I did a lot of work on how it solves the Vili paradox, which is something that no other blockchain system has um, Mm -hmm. achieved. And and that basically means that they found a way to govern their system in a way that could also keep it decentralized, which has never been done before. So... I mean, in the realm of digital governance, if you want to have a decentralized internet, it needs to be assisted by, you know, uh, human decision making that is followed by an AI that tracks how good that decision ma- decisions that the decision makers made mm-hmm. is good, like a good or bad influence on the network, mm-hmm. and a reputation system involved. Very advanced mechanism, and it's another reason I think that everyone will flock to them because it's the only legitimate proposal I've come across for digital governance. That's that's amazing. That's a pretty serious statement uh, to say something along those yeah, lines. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just. But it's true though. It's a very. This is a really complicated matter. The whole governance mechanisms of all these various projects. Yeah, it's oh. it's been. I mean, I see Definity in both the code and state thing, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the actor model thing and the governance thing. It's been ahead of the curve on every single project I've seen by at least two years. Mm-hmm. Right, and they're they're all independent of one another. Yeah, and they uh, and they've kept a lot of their things actually. Well, at any time Defini ever released anything in the last three years, I've noticed that other blockchains started implementing them. So Defini actually went completely um, under the radar, and we don't even know what else they have under under the pipeline. I have a strong feeling it's going to be quite substantial. But um, to go to the governance, I'm you know I remember we we you know off camera we had many pretty you know intense conversations about this. What downside, or you know, what challenges rather, not downside, but what, what challenges do you think Definity has to get over in order to really see the governance mechanism succeed? So obviously distribution of tokens, whether maybe there's, you know, issues oh, yeah, with voting. Yeah. Do you want to discuss that so, a little bit? So it's, um, I talked it up quite a bit, but it's far from being accomplished. It's, yeah. it's just a concept at this point, and it's the most advanced concept. And they didn't release as much about the governance mechanism in the Sodium release, which is the most recent Q3 mm-hmm. September 30th. Release. Yep. Um, I would like to see more about that. But anyway, the challenges that they're going to be running into are, you know, those related to centralization. And if you have something highly uh, motivated by staking, then one of the biggest problems they're going to have to figure out how to do is distribute that staking. Uh, you can't have all the people in the Affinity Foundation holding the governance token uh, tokens, you know, let's say five years after launch. If they're still holding a lot of tokens, then there's going to be, you know, it's a centralized system. Mm-hmm. And you, you could look at any system this way. So any system has its own bias by those who built it. And right mm-hmm. now, it's, 
you could you could summarize it as 100 or 200 people built Definity, mm-hmm. and that you know they probably have a lot of um, goals aligned. Incentives, I, but yeah, aligned, yeah. one of the important things about starting a media channel like this very early is that we are not affiliated with Definity. I mean, mm-hmm. we well, I, I could think I speak for both of us if we make mistakes or say things that are inaccurate. You know, we'll own up to them and we'll yeah, be in sure. communications. Yeah, we're not by no by no means uh, uh, in communications with yeah. the Definity Foundation, but we also like reserve our right to be critical of them. And mm-hmm. if this is building a new decentralized internet, it's super, super important to have uh, all sets of diverse ideas have mm-hmm. a voice. Yeah. So we well, don't fall that, into... That's the true governance. Yeah, we yeah. don't fall into a trap of just being, you know, blinded by one thing. We like to, you know, keep our, you know, ears to the wind and hear everything out. Yeah. yeah. And that this way yeah. we don't fall into the same big tech Big, big tech, tech trap. trap exactly that we already it, it's have very today. possible it's and i people aren't you know the average yeah. person probably won't see it coming yeah but you know what i think the fact that we are actually continuing to do so and others as well are being critical it's actually the best thing for the space i find that actually like ethereum is a fantastic project as well i have to give kudos to that entire network and everybody's critical on ethereum but actually i love it so much because <laughs> the fact that you know there is so much you know there's infighting and all this stuff but you know it's uh it's love at the end of the day too so I love we're, it. We're going to see it blow up very soon. Yeah. I mean, once this yeah, comes out. It's coming out in a month from now. Anyway, so we cannot <laughs> wait. They've been it's underground, insane. you know, working yeah. hard, heads down for, oh, for how long? Three years? Oh, but God, probably yeah, 2000 long. And, 2015 <laughs> it was when they first originated with the concept. Yeah. yeah and even beforehand, yeah, Dominic's, Dominic's history. Dominic, Dominic's little Dominic's history was that he was, uh, he was actually he was a, he was a game developer. He created this massive multiplayer online game called Fight by Monster. Had over 4 million users. And uh, it's funny. Like a game like that with a massive, massive player, massive multiplayer online game, excuse me, is really an idea of what a distributed system is. And he's able to kind of apply those techniques. And another thing is, I love the fact, you know, using a game, you know, it was a game actually for kids. And if he was able to make a game for kids, he's going to make this product extremely seamless for actually other people to use. And I think if you make the product really easy to use for people, you know, almost build it like it's a game. If you build it like it's a game, then. Uh, you know, I think we'll see lots of lots of activities as well. So, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. See we've we've seen them. Um, everything they've said, they they've doubled down on. Yep. And, you know, three Absolutely. years ago, I, I listened to their concept, and it was pretty similar uh, in in scope to everyone else's. But if you look at those projects today, yeah. they're completely different than what yeah. they were three years yeah. ago. Yep. And Definity has just delivered they on everything they said they were. Yeah. Uh, Got to give kudos to them. Yeah. yeah, they stuck to that mission, and they've adapted. They've, you know, I, I've seen it. I, I, you know, we've been both been following this thing very closely and, you know, new hires and changes in structure. And, but uh, I got to give it to them, I think. Uh, and I personally can't wait for everything to launch. It's so, fantastic. Yeah. Me too. So that's great. Yeah. So we'll, um, we'll be here. We're going to be creating content that regards how Definity works yep. and how you can get involved. Amazing. Every week. <laughs> well, yeah, you can. Uh, yeah. Well, very nice. You can actually follow us. We're on uh, Twitter as Definity Scan. Um, and... Just pretty much stick to ICP Review and you will find oh, us. Yeah. You actually, you can find us on ICP Review. We have our YouTube channel. We're going to have weekly videos coming out. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us today. Sounds great. Thank you. Have a great thanks, day, Andrew. guys. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, Evan.